Welcome to the Married and Naked podcast. I'm Tammy, founder of the blog Married and Naked, certified sexuality coach and speaker. And I'm Joel, TV host, motivational speaker, and the guinea pig to the lessons you're about to learn. We're high school sweethearts married over two decades, and we're on a mission to help you create the marriage you desire and deserve. Let's get naked. Welcome to the Married and Naked podcast. Hi, Joel. How are you? What's going on? I am well, my love. How are you feeling today? You're feeling a little slow? A little. <laughs> I feel like I'm fighting something off. Our kids were sick, quite sick, actually, all week last week. Our son missed what several days of school. Uh, not COVID, just like a flu that kind of took him out. And he doesn't usually get sick. But I am just feeling like my body's fighting something. And usually for me, that's as far as it goes. I don't really get sick. I get migraines. <laughs> I don't I don't get the flu. <laughs> Your body tells you you're not doing well a lot, but it has nothing right. to do with being ill. Exactly. So I feel like I'm fighting something. So I definitely feel slow today, but um, usually that's as far as it goes for me. So I'm hopeful uh, by tomorrow I'll be feeling much better. How are me, you? Me too. Uh, I'm good. I- I'm feeling good. Um, I think that uh, you probably know I'm a little bummed out just simply because I was supposed. I don't think we've shared it with the with our podcast. We'd be dealing with all your issues this year, but um, I'm supposed to have arthroscopic knee surgery to fix a um, torn meniscus. Torn meniscus. Thank you, and then do a little clean out of a little bit of arthritis in my knee to help me where I could play basketball again. <laughs> yeah, because you've been off for quite some time now, huh? H- how long has it been? It has been about three months now since I played basketball. I mean, I played one time in that three month, and it was the final straw basically. Cause, cause you hurt really bad. I hurt day. so bad. I could not recover and I'm still not recovered from it. So that's when I finally just threw in the towel and said, okay, I, I need to do something drastic. Here. And how's that been being off of, <laughs> off of basketball for you? Because that is, that is your passion outside of what you do with work. Basketball activity really helps me kind of center me and allows me to have that, those good feelings of endorphins and release of everything. And, and without that lately, it's been, it's been tough. It's been replaced with long, boring walks. Um, and I, we have a basketball court in our backyard. And so just me, and I have a return rim, or re, I don't know what you call that, but when you shoot the basketball, it actually returns back to me after I shoot it, mm-hmm. which is like the greatest gift for a basketball player ever. Thank you so much for that gift years ago. Um, I didn't realize how much it would come in handy now that I, I can't move a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. but it's been, it's been a bummer. It's you know, if I would be lying, if I said, I, you know, I've been, we've been so into what was going on with you, which we went in detail in our, uh, few podcasts to go, um, that I've just really put this on the back burner and now it's in the forefront. I was supposed to have surgery two days ago that got postponed for another three weeks. Yeah. So, so right at Thanksgiving, you're going to have <laughs> surgery, which I think is actually a good time. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I think it'll be a good time too. What they're telling me is a very light surgery. Um, they're saying I'll be on crutches for a week and a half to two weeks, maybe. And I should be able to play basketball in six weeks. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, and I'm a basketball fan, so I do watch sports on TV and they're usually back within a few weeks playing basketball. True. But they do have the top (laughs) trainers with them in order to help them get back quickly. So I don't anticipate yours is going to be quite the same as LeBron getting back on the on the court. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a top trainer as well. Maybe not in you know knees, but I have the top trainer sitting right next to me. So oh, the mental trainer, mental trainer. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to get there. I'm getting there, girl. You will, and next year you'll have 
a brand new young. <laughs> well, well a, you won't have a brand new knee, but it'll feel young and new. Oh, man, that'd that be awesome. Good. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'll be all to. worth it. Yeah. Okay. Well, enough about our problems, <laughs> <laughs> our physical. Issue. All the stuff that happens when you get older, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. For all our youngins, enjoy. Enjoy while you can. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's dive into today's uh, topic. Today, what I wanted to do is take us back to reading a listener's letter to us and using that as our topic today. So I'm going to read the letter that we received and then we can talk about it. And by the way, thank you guys so much for sending in so many great topics, things you want us to discuss, or they were expansions of topics we've discussed in the past. These are fantastic. I I love the letters you've been getting. And I especially like this one that we're going to talk about today because it's so important. Yeah. And before I dive into that, if you do have a topic that you would like us to discuss, there's two ways that you can There's many ways you can get in touch with us, but two of the easiest is to go to the Married and Naked website, which is listed in the show notes. On that website is a link that says, ask Married and Naked anything, and that is an anonymous form that you could fill out and say whatever it is you want to say completely anonymously, or you can send us an email to married, the letter in naked at gmail, married in naked at gmail.com. You can send us an email. We read all of those and we'll be sure to get back to any of those as well. So go ahead and feel free to reach out to us. All right. Well, here we go. This letter from the listener. They say, I love my husband deeply and I find him very sexy and attractive, but I just don't always feel like having sex. He would like it two to three times a week. And I say two to three times a month. How do we overcome this? You just, you paused and looked right at me. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) Well, I was waiting to see if you had input. But what I will say is that I chose this letter because on this podcast, we try really hard to speak to things that we are familiar with, that we can speak to because of our own experiences. So you'll notice a lot of topics we don't necessarily touch on that you'll find in a lot of podcasts because we haven't personally experienced that. So I don't want to preach about something I haven't personally experienced experienced. Maybe in the future, if we have guests or something, we will tackle some of those topics. But you and I really just want to speak to our own experiences. And through that, we can hopefully help some other people who are having similar experiences. So I chose this one because it did ring very dear and near (laughs) to our own marital experience. Yeah, a hundred percent. So when you read this, you were going over which letters we were going to go on to this podcast. And this is the one that I kept coming back to. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I feel like this is a lot of relationship story and it's our story. Mm -hmm. So that's like you just said, that's why we're going with it. And I I am curious, you know, if there is a way you want to communicate with us or contact us, I'd love to hear if you feel the same way. Um, If you guys have dealt with this in your relationships and how have you dealt with it? I do know that this is a very common, as you said, story or common challenge that many, many couples face. And you and I have faced this particular issue of having different, not only different desire levels, but different motivations and different desires to have sex and how often. And that has caused uh, over the past in our relationship for many, many, many years, I would say that was our number one challenge. And we've said before, it was the one that I feel nearly took us out of this relationship on multiple occasions, at least twice I could think of. And it just kept recurring. 
it kept coming back and coming back. And we think, oh, we've moved on. We've been able to figure this out. And then it reared its ugly head again. And I do feel like you and I can speak to this now because I feel like we truly are on the other side of this. And we really have come to some really good tools to help us manage this particular challenge in our relationship. So why don't we share a little bit about our background with this particular topic uh, before we move on, and then we can share some of the ways and some of the tools that we use in order to overcome the challenges we faced here. So Joel, what do we mean? What do I mean when I say that this has been one of our biggest challenges in our marriage? How did this show up in our marriage? In most relationships, there's going to be somebody that has a higher sex drive than the other. And right there starts a little bit of the conflict. I, in our relationship, have the higher sex drive. Where that's shown up to be a conflict is, oh, you don't want me. You don't love me. Because I don't have that same. So this, this letter of them saying he would like it two to three times a week. I say two to three times a month. That feels similar to where we would fall. Absolutely. Yeah. So so I didn't have or I don't have the drive that you do. And I'm more of like a weekly person. Whereas, I mean, really, if you added it your way, it could be daily, right? It would be fine. Yeah. So you're right. It did present a definite challenge for us because you felt, as you were saying, that me only wanting it maybe once a week meant that I didn't desire you. I didn't love you like you loved me. I don't want you. It made me feel unloved, undesired. You don't need me. You don't like sexually, mm -hmm. you don't need me. You don't really want me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm always wanting you and always desiring you. And I'm not uh, getting to experience that. Right. And so on my end, I was always feeling pursued and that I was always being set up to disappoint you because I didn't want what you wanted when you wanted and always feeling like maybe something was wrong with me, that I was broken in some way because I didn't want the same as you. And sometimes I think you felt broken because you wanted more than me, <laughs> yeah. uh, which, which caused a lot of problems in our own head about where we're supposed to be. And um, we fought a lot, really big, ugly fights yeah. about sex and about meeting each other's needs, not meeting each other's needs and how on earth to fix this problem because we just could not find any kind of balance. Yeah. So we, we feel like we really had a handle on our other big pain points in our relationship, which is money and kids. But this one kept, just kept coming up and it just kept coming up and it kept coming up. And then, and then we really put the screws to it. No pun intended. I feel like we're just light years. We're, we're in a completely different state mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> than we were before. For sure. I think that this particular issue brought us down so deep a handful of years ago that we really thought we weren't going to make it. We didn't know how. We thought this is it. You know, this, our story is going to end right here. And then we started to get some light into some tools that began to help us. One of the things I think that kickstarted that for us was the book, and I've re referenced this book before when we've talked about sexual desire differences, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. I was reading this book as I was becoming a 
sexuality coach for a certification for sexuality coach. And I came across this book and this book, I think changed everything, or at least it kickstarted the change because of how it described the differences in desire, how our bodies function, how differences between men and women and how their bodies function. And suddenly I began to see that there wasn't something wrong with me or you for that matter. We were totally normal. And what we needed to do was really work on accepting ourselves, accepting each other for as we are and come together in order to work through this and come together at a place of non-judgment and understanding of each other. And really, I think that that book really kind of kick-started some of those epiphanies that we began to have and some opened up some pathways like, oh, maybe we should begin trying this and maybe this will lead us down. And we just kept putting in the work, putting in the work and eventually saw some major light. Yeah. The one thing I'm going to say about this is I know oftentimes when you coach and when you, you know, when you're sharing with people, you always say it's got to start within, like this really has to start within, and you know, you're trying to repair or fix or help a relationship. It really got to start with within. True. I think with this particular topic, same holds up, but I think the partner really has to, there has to be buy-in. I really do because you're talking about two completely different levels of sexuality and desire. And in order for this shift to happen, I had to make some really significant changes mm-hmm. in my thought process and my dealing with things, just like you had to do. Yeah. So partnership is very important. But if you have a partner who isn't you know, willing to talk about or make changes, then I I do recommend starting within, as you're saying, and and go out and get some books. And I think starting with this particular book, at least for women, this book is particularly directed at women. So if that's your situation, I definitely think starting there is a great place to start just for your own understanding and your own uh, love and kindness of yourself. As a woman, I think that that's what it gave me. It gave me a path to stop feeling like there was something wrong with me. I'm not like a man. I'm supposed to be like a man and I'm not. And lo and behold, there is very clear reasons why I'm not like you. So you've said that a couple of times. Can you give us an example? Well, women's desire doesn't work like a man's desire, at least majority of women. And I always knew that my desire often didn't happen beforehand. And I would tell you that, like, I don't just see you cross a room and suddenly want to have sex. That's not how I work. It doesn't usually just like show up like that out of the blue. Sometimes if I, if something sexy is on TV, something like that, it might happen. But I always knew it was more likely to show up after we started being intimate together. You didn't understand that. Because that is not at all like how you work. And yeah, it hurt hurt, your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And understandably so, you thought, I think a lot that you're just not desirable enough because I don't work that way. So that book gave me some, just really enlightened me to how desire works for women. And in that, I see that I am like a large percentage of women whose desire happens after arousal begins. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I am completely normal. And I can't even tell you how 
I mean, you know, but listener, I can't tell you what a weight off that was for me to hear that I was normal. It was amazing. Yeah. And if for our male listeners out there, for the most part, you know, not, not absolute, but we're very visual people. So yes, you can walk across the room and I'm aroused and let's go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, how come I can't do that for you? Right. Well, why can't, why don't you feel that way? And, right. and just by me asking those questions and saying those or thinking those automatically, I'm pointing the finger saying there's something wrong with you. Right. And that's not fair. Truly, that that's true because the argument never went the other direction. Yeah. It was always like, well, why don't you want? What's wrong with you? How come? Why am I not wanting you? And that was really frustrating and really heartbreaking for me and caused a lot of scars that built yeah. up over time. And that's what led us to like these breaking points, these scars just getting to be too much for me to handle anymore. So I think just for the sake of understanding how bodies work, I would recommend going to that book, How Desire Works for Women. It's eye-opening. I'm sure you'll have in the show notes too. So of course, of course. And link, yeah. I will refer to it many, many times in the future. <laughs> in fact, I would like to do just an episode on that book by itself so we sure. can go through some of those things. But anyhow, that was what led us towards our recovery, I think, and down a long path of improving things and getting better and putting in a lot of time and effort into fixing this particular challenge. So how do we go about working on this particular issue of husband or partner wanting two to three times a week, other partner wanting two to three times a month? And there's, I think, three ways that we can go about working on this. Number one is obviously communication. What a shocker. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's surprising to me how many couples do not talk about sex because I think obviously if you are not able to talk about it, it's going to lead to a lot of challenges in the bedroom or people being very dissatisfied in the bedroom. So yes, you hear all the time communication is key, but it really is key, especially when it comes to intimate relationships. We have to be able to talk about these hard things in order to make improvements in order to work together in order to meet each other's needs. We got to be able to step up and get vulnerable and go to the places that are difficult to go to sometimes. And even though you and I are very comfortable talking about it, we still had to have conversations that were very hard to have and say things that were really hard to say. We had to be willing to do that in order to break down all these big, massive walls that we had built up and start again. I just want to pat myself on the back how far I've come in the short period of time we've been doing these podcasts. Like, I don't want to talk about any of this stuff. (laughs) I do remember that. You know, and I I hear what people are saying to you and when, you know, you're, the letters you're getting, we're helping people and the people are listening. So it really feels like, oh my gosh, the more we share, the more we talk, the more we're vulnerable, the, the more we can help. So that being said, I think one of the hardest things that you and I talked about is like, it was a serious talk. Like, I really need to know, like, how much do you really want? How much sex do you really want? Perfect world. Okay, well, I got to get real here. And I really got to share with you the reality of where I'm at. And then to then hear where the reality of where you're at, Mm -hmm. that's a hard conversation Mm -hmm. because they're- Miles apart. (laughs) Miles apart. Right. As hard as it was for me to tell you that and talk to you about that, I was afraid I was going to like freak you out and lose you. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case at all. Mm -hmm. It just was very vulnerable. Right. Yeah. So that, that's part of that uncomfortable communication. I mean, that's just one thing. There's, 
so many other things, but that's a for instance, you know? For sure. And we all know that nothing gets done if you can't talk about it. Growth comes through vulnerability. So we have to be able to open up to sharing our thoughts and feelings and desires. And one big part of that is ensuring that, and this is kind of speaking to what you were just saying, that we create a space where we feel safe to share, that you felt like you could share that with me, even though it was really scary and vice versa. We want to create a safe place that we can share that is without judgment, without criticism, shaming, and defensiveness. These are key ingredients that have to be put aside in these very vulnerable discussions. Because if I venture to share something extremely personal with you or scary, and you in turn then criticize me for it or shame me for it, I am clearly not going to want to open up to you again, period. Yeah. That's it. So how are you going to get anywhere if that's the position that you're putting each other in? So those things have to be put aside. You have to be on your absolute best when having these kinds of conversations because they are difficult and vulnerable. And if you are willing to get vulnerable with me like that, you deserve my full respect and attention without judgment so that I can truly hear what you're trying to say. I could not agree with you more in terms of how we started this. I mean, we had several conversations, but I just remember being on our couch in our in our bedroom and tears and everything and really getting down to the nitty gritty. Everything started to shift, but it was that really hard, real, do not like me, do not desire me, do I do nothing for you, do I, you know, and, the, and, and to hear that, oh, that's not it at all. You're just, we're just built different. Right. And prior to that, clearly why we weren't getting very far because most of our conversations about it would involve, for us, it's typically defensiveness. Yeah. It's, we typically get very defensive, especially about sex because it is such a vulnerable personal topic. So that's how most of our arguments would go. So we really couldn't get anywhere until we were both willing to really just put all that aside and be fully present without any of that there. And that's when some change can begin to happen. Number two is understanding. Through good communication, we are able to develop understanding of each other. That's why communication is so important. That's why communication without judgment and criticism is so important because the goal of talking to each other is not to win, it is to understand always. Please, please keep that in mind. And that's something we have to remind ourselves all the time when we're having discussions. I think most of us often think that our partners think and feel like us, like we do, and that we are right and they are wrong. As humans, we're self-centered beings. So it makes sense why we tend to default to that mode. But through this really healthy communication, we can really begin to create some understanding of each other. And with understanding, can come compassion and a desire to work on things as a team. Yeah. you. I like how you said that. It's not about winning because I think early on in our relationship and going through this conflict that we had about sex, I really feel like that's what I was trying to do the whole time. You got to see my side. You must. And understand. I was trying to do the same. I just always felt like I was trying to prove to you, it sounds terrible, but that my needs were far greater than yours because mm-hmm. you didn't have them. Right. And it just is such a losing combination to not have the understanding of where you were at and 
how you are different and how I am different, that you really made me feel understood, to feel like you understood me. You got it. And I didn't feel, I wasn't gross. I wasn't weird. I wasn't nasty. It felt so wonderful. You talking about it that way is very important because as people, all we want is to feel like we are seen and heard and understood. And that's all I ever wanted was for you to say that you got it. You understood me that it was okay. And I said it all the time, but I didn't mean it. Yeah, we still fought about because it. I felt like I was, oh, okay, wait, she doesn't see my side. I'm not, I was still trying to win. You didn't understand. And, and I didn't understand you either, even though I thought I did. We just really did not get it. Yeah. And it's a different level of understanding. It's not hearing. Hearing you is one thing. Actually internalizing, taking in what you're saying and really giving it a moment, that's a whole different thing. And that's what all I wanted from you as well. When we were able to do that together, that's when things started to change. When we're talking about understanding, for me, when I was able to lay down my judgment and defensiveness towards Joel about sex and all our history about it, and I was able to hear that sex for him was the way he feels loved and connected, when I was able to hear that connecting intimately makes Joel feel loved, and when I was really able to absorb that and understand it, I was then able to approach our sex life differently with far more compassion and kindness towards him and really begin to think about how we could work together to meet each other's needs. Yeah. That was that shift for me. When I got that, truly and honestly, that was it for me. Yeah, and for me, it's when I, re when I got that you needed to feel love from me that didn't have to do with sex. Mm -hmm. Without the pressure of that, yeah. Without the pressure mm -hmm. of sex. You needed my love and admiration and everything that I have to give without feeling like, oh, it's all about sex. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really hard thing to grasp when you have two different levels. I need from you. I want from you. You don't necessarily need or want the same way from me, but you also need and want from me. But my pressure of... You don't want me, you don't need, you don't like me, you don't find me attractive, you don't, whatever, all the things I was putting in my own, putting out there and then making you feel bad about it all mm -hmm. and you feel shame about it all was then stifling your ability to. Yeah, I had nothing. I had no desire because I just felt pressured 24 seven. Yeah. And what you were saying is like, I, I want you, I need you, I desire you, I love you. It just doesn't look the same as yours. Here's what mine looks like. Mm-hmm. And once I understood that, that's where all the, I had to, I mean, that's where you start, okay, I got to build some new habits here. Mm -hmm. Diving deep into understandings, but clearly I, you understand that that's extremely important, that talking doesn't mean anything if we're not coming to a level of understanding, compassion, and kindness for each other where we are at, just exactly where we are at, not trying to change, not trying to alter accepting and loving and understanding exactly where we are. That's what understanding gives us. And then from there, that's when you can begin to work on number three, which is creating some action steps to mending the bridge. Part of taking action is making sex a priority. And studies 
show time and time again that sex creates emotional intimacy in relationships. So it reasons to think that if you're having sex on a regular basis, and regular means different things for everybody, then you are more likely to feel connected to your partner and feel more satisfied with your relationship. But the question often is, how much (laughs) is is enough? (laughs) It's going to vary with every single couple. There is no definition of how often you should be doing it. The key is, if one person is saying it's not enough, and the other person is saying it's too much, or you both are saying it's not enough, or there's people that are feeling dissatisfied, that's obviously when there is an issue. If you are both feeling satisfied, doesn't matter how often you're having it, that's enough. I hope that makes sense. It's going to vary for every single couple. But it comes down to what works for each of you. If one wants more than the other, then neither is wrong or right. It just means that you have to work to find a middle ground where you can both feel happy and satisfied. My goal is not to come all the way to you. This is something we had to learn. Yeah, I thought my job as a wife was to come all the way to you and meet your needs. And that was it. How sad is that? If you just took that soundbite out. And I think that this is very common and I'm hoping it's changing as to how women, how we grow up to feel as though our job is to take care of our husbands at, at all costs. You know, that's our job. So I definitely thought that was my job is to take care of you. And the more I tried, the more I felt like I'm not ever going to satisfy you ever. Doesn't matter what I do. You're still never satisfied. That's what I would feel. And it so I thought that was my job just to keep trying and trying and trying. And it just developed so much resentment on my part because I felt like no matter what I did, it didn't matter. So I just want to make that point when I say each of you satisfied, I really mean each of you. My job is not to come all the way to you. Your job's not to come all the way to me. Our job is to find where is that middle where we both feel happy and satisfied. And that requires sacrifice on your part, sacrifice on on my part. No one is right or wrong. Our job is to find that middle ground together. So if we go back to the listener's letter, if she was two to three times a month, he was two to three times a week, then that does not mean that she is going to two to three times a week Mm -hmm. and that he is, or that he is going to two to three times a month. Your own relationship is going to dictate how much you need to compromise. So for Joel and I, we talked about what each of us could feel satisfied with. This is one of the conversations we had after we had this level of understanding. And what you recommended we do is we put sex on the calendar, literally, (laughs) literally scheduled it. And, And I've heard many other marriage experts or marriage podcasters, things that work for them. I think this works really well for a lot of couples. It may not for for everybody, but it worked for us. And it's it worked for us. It has worked yes. for us. And we don't always stick uh, to like only a calendar. Like we, we have a lot of flexibility. But I think one thing that uh, putting it on the calendar does is that number one, if I'm putting something on the calendar, it's telling you, this is important to me. I'm going to make sure I'm putting time aside for it. it. Right off the bat is sending a message of positivity to your marriage that this matters. You matter. We matter. So we've said Joel has a higher sex drive than me. He wants it more often than I do. So we schedule in. This is what we do. And this is us getting very vulnerable Ooh, with, we're getting very vulnerable. with what we do. Hope our uh, family and friends aren't necessarily listening <laughs> to this particular podcast, but continue on. But what we do is we do schedule in some quickies because that allows us to connect quickly, but it also allows you to feel a connection to me in those times when 
I'm not in the mood for, you know, taking a big long time or my maybe my own enjoyment. And I'm just trying to help you get satisfied. So those have been very beneficial. And we did, uh, we're not so much scheduled now, but we started because we've gotten a lot better. But in the beginning, when we were really trying to make shifts, we were very scheduled. And I thought that made a huge difference for us because it made you feel like you didn't have to pursue. And it made me feel like I didn't have to be pursued. There was something there and we followed through with it and that made a huge difference. So we scheduled in some quickies and then once a week we schedule in and we still do this. <laughs> we schedule in time. That's more time for you and I to enjoy together, scheduling that time in. All of it over time, in the beginning, we were kind of strict on our schedule and all of it over time then became more flexible because it wasn't so much work to meet in the middle. I hope that makes sense. Like it it got easier for us to meet in the middle, whereas in the beginning it was like, okay, how are we going to do this? We've got to be strict about it. Now we don't have to be as strict because it's come a lot easier for us. Yeah. I mean, we were in such a bad place because of this yeah. that we created a lot of really bad habits. Right. And so part of those new habits that really we started working on was trust of when we set a time and if for some reason that time, that day, that time had to be adjusted or moved or that date had to be moved, I had to trust you that it wouldn't just be swept under the rug mm-hmm. and you had to trust that I wasn't going to be disappointed in a, being flexible. And those are new habits that we both had to work on and, you know, really, 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 that's where the hard work really I, took place in my opinion. For sure. And I'm glad you said the word trust because that's really what it started with is we were working on building this new trust. We always trusted each other, but I didn't never trusted that if I said I wasn't up for it, that you weren't then going to be very disappointed. And sometimes that disappointment would carry on over into the next day and that it would just kind of mess everything up. I didn't trust that. So you had to work on that. And I had to work on starting to believe when you said you were okay, you know, that, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed. No big deal. It's all good. We're, you know, it's moving on. I had to work on believing that and I have to work on, I still have to work on being okay with not wanting and that's okay that I'm different and there's nothing wrong with me. And I have to tell myself these things all the time when these old things show up in my head. So I think rebuilding that trust was so important to us. You're right. In the very beginning, we we stuck to a, a calendar schedule. Then as our trust built and we were able to lean on each other, understanding that we both understand each other. We we're there for each other. We understood each other and we could trust that I wasn't going to totally fall apart a disappointment and you weren't going to leave me hanging right. or not. You understood me. Yes. I felt we both we felt both felt understood. And as time went on, we realized, okay, we don't really need a schedule. Um, there's understanding here. I think when you were talking, one of the things I do want to just mention that was my biggest work and that before we were able to move into action steps or as we were moving into these new action steps was because I had so many scars that were built up. And this is why trust was so important, but I really had to work on letting go, truly letting go of old stuff and not letting that into our new process. 
because if I continuously brought that in or when I did back in the day, it didn't allow us to move forward. I just was staying back in the past. So if you're moving forward into new processes, it's really, especially once you have this understanding piece between the two of you, then it is really important to start kind of fresh and allow those old things to be old things and not to rear their ugly head. Then I can show you love by doing quickies or whatever out of love, not out of obligation. And that was very important. If I continuously did things out of obligation, we would not be where we are today. So I think that that's a really important piece and why you have to have that trust, that understanding before you can begin those action steps as you were saying. I feel like if somebody's listening to this, maybe I'm wrong, but if a lady or a wife is listening to this and is hearing, oh, wait a minute, I got to go and do quickies and I got to go schedule stuff. I want to throw the flip side to this because you really came as a compromise for me and my needs. But I feel that I had to, in turn, let go of a lot of what I was expected. Ho- expected. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That was always a- the word that would show up, expectations, right? Yeah. And that was that's the main, there's two things that I feel like I really worked hard at. And that's number one, is I had to let go of my expectations or my hopes or my, you know what I mean? Where you just sit around and go, oh, I wish you would. Well, I don't want people to think they can't hope, but I think the word expectation is really a key word because expectations will kill a relationship. Yeah. They really will. So while you were working on what you were working on. Letting go of the past. Letting go of the past. Mm -hmm. I really had to let go of expectations. You build new habits. I mean, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in the first month. It didn't happen in the second month. You know what I mean? And every now and then it'll pop up. Now that I'm, I feel like I'm very self-aware when we all of a sudden were like, you know, what's going on here? Like, oh crap, my bad. (laughs) I just threw a whole big expectation wall at at us and I totally screwed us up. And Mm -hmm. that's really the deep work that I had to do Mm -hmm. in order to make this where we are now. The second thing I had to do is you were bringing a compromise. So you were bringing your level closer to what I was wanting and you still do. I had to, through the communication and understanding, hear what you wanted from me. And what you wanted from me for years was to feel connected without sex. Mm -hmm. And obviously- if you hear the letter and hear what we're talking about, I was feeling like that is part of my connection is sex. Mm-hmm. And so it's an oxymoron when you put it together, but I needed to do a better job at like, wait a minute. What? Okay. When you say that, what do you mean? Oh, you want to go on dates. You want to spend time without the TV. You want to spend time being together with me without, without any expectations or without any plan without sex. And that's the other thing that I feel like I had to work really hard on. I needed to set that aside and go, okay, this is, this is our time for you. Because I got to where I could not enjoy my time with you because I knew, oh, at the end of the night, whatever it is we're doing, you expect something from me. And so it made it very difficult for me to want to just hang out with you. It made me feel like I was always in my head, like, oh, okay, what am I? I have to figure out how to get desire. Like, how am I going to do this? So I had a really hard time just enjoying that time with you. So all I wanted was, please just take that off the table so I can enjoy my time with you. And you do that now. And you said, talking to the people who are listening about 
oh, now I've got to schedule quickies and now I've got to. First of all, if you're feeling that way about it when you're listening to this, then you're not ready to take the action steps. Yeah. Because that means there's a lot of bitterness there that needs to be worked through. That's the work that we did before the action steps. So I do want to make sure that you knew that. And the reason I was willing to come more your way is because you were coming my way. It just looked different than sex. Right. You were making our time a priority. You're making connection with me outside of it a priority. You're working on your expectations so that you were doing a lot of work. So therefore, I felt safe enough to come more your way and be willing to put things like that on the calendar. So you see, there's, there's a lot of work that went into all of this. A lot of trust, a lot of, you know, you and I together being in it together to build this to where we are today, where we feel like our, our sex life is in sync and we feel connected and you don't, I guess I'll speak for myself. I feel very close to you. I don't feel pressured by it. I enjoy my time with you. I don't feel like you're sitting there expecting from me all the time. So I get to really enjoy time with you without sex and without that pressure, I then desire more and I enjoy being intimate with you a lot more. This is a very hard process to to lick. And the longer you've been together, the more bad habits you have built up. Speaking from our experience, we've been able to write this ship because of the hard work and dedication that we have to each other. I say it all the time. Like, I feel like I have the best sex life in the world. And I think one of the other things about the expectations, I used to get caught up. So we did it twice this week, only twice this week versus we got to do it twice this week. Or we were always like glass half empty. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like I'm full all the time. It has to do with letting go of what has happened in the past and not expecting what's going to happen in the future. Being more appreciative and and enjoying the moment rather than looking to the next, to the next, to the next and, and counting the days in between like you used to. For sure. I I feel like we're a different couple than we used to be. It's hard for me to even think of us <laughs> as we were because it feels far away, even though it's not all that far away. Yeah. But we are completely different and you saying I have the best sex life in the world, well, that was never something you would say ever in, in the past. And so for you to say that is, is incredible. You know, it speaks volumes for how far we've come. I would hold it ransom because I thought by saying that I wouldn't, it would stop or you wouldn't do something or, or be with me. He thought, yeah. He thought, if, well, if I say it's a good sex life, then she doesn't have to do anything for yeah. me anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, good. You're, you're happy. Okay, good. I'll, I'll see you next stop week. forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's talk in a month, you know, <laughs> and that's not the clearly not. That's no, it's not at all. I really, I truly do feel that i and you know why? Because we understand each Cause other. Cause I love you and I value that sex is important to you and I understand why it is. Therefore I want to help work towards meeting those needs. Just as you have shared, you understand me and you want to help work towards meeting mine. And that's what, that's our superpower as a couple is our willingness and our desire to want to do that for each other. I think that's what keeps us going is what kept us going through really, really hard times is because we really want to be the best we can for each other. And sometimes we're completely askew 
and how to do that or why we're doing that or anything. But in the end, that has really saved us time and time again. There is no one size fits all when it comes to sex and marriage and frequency. We're all different in our needs and desires. What is important, though, is to work on finding a middle ground with each other. We don't want to stand so tall in proclaiming our needs that we are not listening to our partners. Working together to create healthy communication, understanding, and action toward a mutually satisfying sex life is truly a key component to marriage satisfaction and longevity. And I just want to say, if you are really struggling and you're thinking, I don't have any idea how to do any of this that Joel and Tammy are talking about, or we've tried this, it's not working, or I have a partner that's just not in it with me, I really recommend heading to a couple's counselor. Don't ever hesitate to do that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with reaching out for help. It doesn't have to be forever. And it can, in a handful of sessions, you could get some amazing insight you could really figure out some new tools to work together to find that middle ground to meeting each other's needs or letting go of past stuff, whatever it is. But don't ever hesitate to reach out for help. If the marriage is something that you want to work on, there are people out there that can help you do that. You know, the other thing that's out there, and I'm going to give you a plug here, is your communications course. <laughs> I, I, I just can't say it enough. It is, I know I've referenced it all the time, but your communications course that you developed a while, a while back is so great. The first step you said in here was communication to get to understanding. Well, in order to understand, you got to be able to communicate it correctly. Yeah. Anyhow, um, that's my plug. I just. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> that is the 21 Secrets to Mastering Communication course, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. So actually, there's always a link to the courses uh, that I do have available in the show notes. So you can access those there. And that's going to do it for today. That was long, but truly very, very near and dear to our hearts. And we are trying to get all of it out in order to share all that we've learned with you. So I hope that you gathered some really good nuggets and hope you and your partner will listen to this together and take these nuggets and move forward in making your marriage a priority starting today. We will talk to you next time on the Married and Naked podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.